Hey guys, how's it going? Frank with Tithely. Uh, excited to join you guys on a Tuesday uh, with another episode of Modern Church Leader. Uh, super excited about our guest today, uh, talking with Greg, Greg Atkinson uh, about first impressions and what that means for churches uh, and a big conference uh, that he's doing. So uh, without further ado, I'm going to pop him in. Greg, how's it going? Good, good, man. Glad to be here. Yes, great to see you. And repping the t-shirt. I like it. Yeah. (laughs) We're working behind the scenes on a merch store. Uh, It should launch later this week to to be able to get t-shirts so we can be cool like Tidely. Because I have a Tidely t-shirt. I was going to say we need to do a swap so that, you know, I can get a first. We, we've been talking about having a. Well, you've a, already given me a Tidely shirt, so I'm the one that owes you. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, we kind of had to, I guess, right, as part of the conference thing. But we've been talking about doing a merch store, too. Um, but, you know, it's just like more work. Like, it sounds awesome, but it's like more stuff to do. Uh, so we got to see how many people actually want. I, I wear my Tidely t-shirts all the time to the gym and to play basketball so that's that's uh that's where they happen or sometimes on this show yeah well man it's good to have you today um why don't you tell folks a little bit about yourself and how you got into uh, you know like how you got into ministry and how first impressions became like a thing that you were passionate about yeah well uh, i started uh on staff at my first church as a freshman in college it was 1994 so um 26 years ago uh i was i was a freshman in college and i started as a minister of music and youth and the first 11 years of my career i was all in the worship side of things and then got into production sound video lights production and then uh for six years i was a campus pastor at a multi-site church and oversaw everything at the campus, including first impressions, and um, started consulting with churches in 2005. And then a little bit later on, I was coaching church planners through ARC, the Association of Related Churches. There's some great ARC churches, and I was on staff there and coaching church planners. And one of my mentors, who I dedicated a book to, um, who has since passed away, Billy Hornsby, we were sitting in the hotel lobby uh, on one of our trips. And he said, Greg, you ought to be a secret shopper. And I said, why do you say that? And he said, you just have a really good pulse on the church. I'm going to write you your first endorsement. And so he emailed the whole ARC database and said, you need to hire Greg. And that kind of kicked off the whole being known as a secret shopper thing. And that was 2009. So 11 years ago. And um, that's the primary thing. I still do uh, coaching pastors and leadership and leadership development and uh, organizational stuff, things like how to how to organize your leadership team, how to run a staff mm-hmm. meeting, um, things like that. I, I work with senior pastors, but the majority of my weekend consulting when I fly to a church on a weekend is guest services related. And that's when I look at the whole um, first impressions experience from online to in person. And so for um, over a decade, you know, for 11 years now, I've been doing that and I've been doing online presence evaluations and online secret shoppers and um, working with churches where I can't even go there physically in person. I evaluate them online. I did that this past Sunday. I watched uh, an online stream of a church in 
the Minneapolis St. Paul area that had hired me to um, um, uh, evaluate their online service and and getting ready to do a church in Tulsa, Oklahoma and a church in Branson, Missouri. And so because um, I'm not flying right now, I, I have yeah. some health issues and I have to protect my immune system. So uh, I'm doing stuff from home. But um, but yeah, I've been doing like many, right? Yeah. 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 So how did you like the secret shopper thing is interesting. Like how many people do you know that do like that, like do this for churches, like do secret shopping and come in, like describe what a secret shopper is just in case anybody, you know, like doesn't know. And like, have you run across other people that do this kind of work? Yeah. So, uh, you know, it came probably first from the business industry. There are people yeah. that secret shop banks and restaurants and hotels and anything. Like retail hotel. stores. I remember it from retail like stores, stores, things like that. Yeah. The mall, you know, any, anything in the hospitality, customer service industry. If you have to interact with customers, there's secret shoppers in that industry. And so people do department stores and things like that. And so I've done a fair share of that. I've worked with hotels and restaurants and um, it's uh, it's it's a fascinating thing. But they want to know on a week in, week out basis, do our staff take care of our customers? And so churches will fly me in and say, you know, on a normal, everyday, typical weekend, do our team take care of our guests? And so does our team take care of our guests? And so um, I'm not traveling right now. I had an opportunity actually uh, last weekend to be somewhere in person. And I said, you're not going to have a good experience. You're telling me you've only got 25% of your congregation back. And um, it's, it's, it's different. You have to, you have to right. get a ticket and reserve a seat. And I said, you're not going to get a good evaluation of what it's like on a typical normal Sunday. Why don't we wait till the spring? And so we postponed that. And, right. um, but on a, on a normal non COVID weekend, you want to know, do we welcome our guests with open arms? Do we, do we have systems in place to get them where they need to go and to help them? not be lost and confused and overwhelmed. And so um, uh, churches had been doing this long before me. I remember years ago, uh, starting out in ministry, reading the book, The Five Star Church uh, by uh, Alan Nelson, who we interviewed last year at the First Impressions Conference. And Alan Nelson was doing Secret Shoppers years ago, like back in the 80s. And so um, I have some friends and some peers and some people that I know that do it. Nobody, everybody has a different twist. Not everybody does it quite like me. Not everybody has been doing online presence evaluations where I look at Google and Yelp and um, YouTube and Facebook and Twitter and video right. and stuff that I've been looking at for years. But um, but um, they're out there. Um, there's 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 a ton in the business industry and a yeah. few of us in the church world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I ask only because like I just haven't come across it a ton in the church world. I mean, I've obviously heard about it in the business world. Again, mostly in my experience, it was related to like retail stuff uh, when I worked retail <laughs> many moons ago. Um, but I just think it's cool. I think it's cool to come into a church and be kind of anonymous and and just secret shop, uh, if you will, or evaluate what's going on. Um, 
and what that feels like. And then, and then let the church like get that like really candid, really objective feedback on what that experience is like, because you're usually, I mean, guests aren't often going to give you that feedback. It's going to be rare that I think you get that kind of feedback from a guest uh, in a, in a constructive, like, here's what I saw. Hey, I got some ideas on how you can improve it kind of thing. And in a, in a, you know, in a, in a confident, bold way, like there's some companies out there that will hire just a random Joe in the community, just somebody that answered an ad and they come out, they don't know what they're looking for. They don't know the larger system of a church and how we assimilate guests and get them into a process. They don't know uh, different things to look for. And so, uh, and they and they're very shy about giving feedback and right. about telling people how to correct. So, like I came to San Diego where you are, um, probably nine years ago, uh, eight nine years ago. I worked with The Rock there, Miles McPherson, and he and I were backstage in a green room before their night service on Sunday night, going toe to toe, arguing because I said this should be and this shouldn't be. And we were going back, back and forth, standing toe to toe. And, you know, when you play in the NFL, you're not going to back down. And I don't back down. And so I've blogged about it before where uh, it was one of those, those those things that you just never forget of me and Miles McPherson going toe to toe. And um, at the end of it, I blogged about it and said he was right because I was trying to tell him something that was vision related. Uh, Miles has a heart for do anything. Uh, do something um, is uh, a book he wrote, you know, and so he just wants you to do something. He doesn't care what it is. So they have like 200 outreach ministries in the church. And I come from a simple church background and simple church mindset, uh, like the book, Simple Church, and want to see churches do less. Less is more in my mind. Um, But I talked about it openly years later about how I believe I was probably wrong to tell him to get rid of the 200 ministries because that was his vision. It's his church. And that's something he's passionate about. Um, but uh, as I have said to my wife numerous times, that's why they paid me the big bucks because I have to speak up and say stuff that leaders don't want to hear. They'll always come right. back and say, now you were right about this and you were right about this. And we did change this, but um, it's, you're not popular at the moment because you have to point out things that are negative. You have to point right. out things that they missed and things that are embarrassing. And, and um, uh, so it's not something you do for popularity. Right. Yeah. What's the most common, you know, one thing or one or two things that you end up seeing with churches it related to first impressions and kind of that guest experience um, that you help them fix? Uh, so much of it comes back to training volunteers and um, helping them remember the why, why they're there, why they stand at a door, why they stand in the parking lot. What you know, it's it's one thing to, as a leader to say go stand at these doors and open these doors when people walk up, but that doesn't tell them the why. That tells them the what of mm-hmm. open the door for a guest. It doesn't tell them what it means to a guest when you make eye contact and you open the door for them. And so a lot of times what I catch is a random visitor just walking through the doors of the church or two greeters in conversation that are oblivious to me. They're just right. They don't even recognize me. I'm walking in between a conversation. It makes me feel awkward to have to duck between two people, excuse me, as they're talking across each other, across me um, in deep conversation. 
are parking teams that are bunched up talking to each other in the parking lot. They're not directing traffic. And so um, just reminding people, hey, there's a reason we asked you to be on this team. And there's a reason uh, I wrote a I wrote a book last year that came out, the Hospitality Ministry Volunteer Handbook, which is written to those volunteers. Mm. Uh, this is why you do what you do. And there's a chapter on every single position, whether it be greeter, usher, parking, welcome ministry, section host. There's a chapter that tells you this is your why. This is your job description. This is yeah. why you do what you do. But a lot of times because I come in on a regular everyday weekend, a typical weekend, I catch people that um, are off their game and they're in deep conversation with people and they don't recognize the guests as they're coming through the doors. And so right. Um, only a handful of times, and I mean like out of 200 churches, three, only like three churches that I can think of that were just on point. They didn't miss a thing. And that's been encouraging to see over the years. And, and then it's no wonder why they are the size that they are, because they they understand the why. Um, you know, Simon uh, Sinek said people will do almost any what if they know their why. And so um, that's why I wrote that book. It's, a, it's about reminding people of the why. Yeah. Do you find um, churches, church leaders, kind of the leadership team does an, enough or, or any training of volunteers that are serving in these kind of positions, whether it's like a greeter or parking attendant or an usher or, you know, kids ministry or anything like that is training oftentimes like a big part of the problem? Uh, a lot of times it is. There are a lot of churches that may get together their team once a year, and mm -hmm. that's not enough. Uh, I think you got to at least be doing quarterly meetings with your with your volunteers. But uh, a year ago, I, this time last year, a year ago, I was at First Baptist Orlando training over 200 uh, first impressions, guest services, volunteers, all of their greeters, ushers, connection center. And um, when we left there, there when, when the training ended on that Saturday and they have Saturday night services, there was not a dry eye in the house. There was just tears everywhere and they remembered their why. They got connected to their why. And I said, you guys need to keep this up and just keep regular training. Um, and that happens a lot where uh, I'll go to a church and they'll say, man, we haven't got together our volunteers in so long. And they can, they can, you know, because that is a community, that is a ministry, that is like if they're on small group, mm -hmm. it, it's a way to connect people relationally where they feel valued and they feel significant and they feel plugged in. And so there's some people that can't sing in the choir. There's some people that can't play drums in the praise band. And there's people that can't do certain things, but they can be a greeter or they can be in the parking lot right. and find a place of service that's service that is significant to them. Yeah. 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 I mean, totally true. And I just love the idea of like, you got to train these people and by training, it might just mean getting together once a quarter uh, or, or once every couple of months and, you know, having a big, like a dinner and kind of a celebration and kind of reminding them just simply like what you guys do matters. And, you know, like, I'm sure there's better ways to train, but even just sure. getting together and recognizing I that. Think, I think a lot of it is face to face, you yeah. know, talking in person, patting people on the back, writing thank you notes, letting them know you appreciate them. And then also, uh, I know later we're going to talk about the first impressions conference, but that's why we created it. So you'd have training videos to play for your team. 
Right. So like if, if you've been following, we are working on our fourth and fifth first impressions conference, fourth one coming up in three weeks and our fifth one that we're already working on in the spring of 2021. But we have hundreds of videos over uh, these four conferences. And so um, uh, if you were to sit down on a Saturday and say, hey, guys, come out Saturday, we're going to have breakfast. We're going to play some icebreakers. We're going to do some get to know you stuff. And then we're going to watch these three special talks from the 2018 First Impressions Conference or this talk from the 2019 First Impressions Conference. But we tried to create and, and that's the thing about the First Impressions Conference is all of our videos and archives. It's it's one ticket for your whole church and then you can show it to your whole team. You don't have to buy a pass for every volunteer. So you just press play and hear from these great world class speakers. Last year, we had the vice president of Disney. Uh, we had the vice president of Chick-fil-A this year. We have the former CEO of Popeye's Chicken, who is now on the board of Chick-fil-A. Um, you're here in people like Rick Warren and Bob Goff and Mark Batterson and Kerry Newhoff and Nona Jones. You're hearing from these world class speakers and leaders. And then um, you as the as the pastor or overseer of this ministry, you just press play. Yeah. You do some icebreakers, fellowship, break bread together, and then say, we're going to watch three videos and then we're going to have a discussion and we're going to break out into round tables, into small groups and talk about what we just saw and what it meant to us and then debrief the videos you just watched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a great resource. I can't wait for the conference. <laughs> um, and we'll tell people how to register and everything at the end. Um, what about... I mean, you're kind of like, I've got some different questions, but you're kind of hitting them as we go. Um, like you talked about maybe one of the main ways people fail to make a great first impression, which is, you know, forgetting the why. And that leads to, you know, the two greeters at the door, they're talking to each other instead of focusing on, you know, looking for new faces and giving them a good experience or the parking attendants that are grouped up and they're not really helping the traffic flow they're kind of just fellowshipping because they're buds and you know they've been in church together for 10 years and like this is what they do like so they're forgetting the real purpose behind it what what are some of the what's the opposite like what are some of the things that you see really help churches like if there's one or two things where like they do this this makes a massive impact and you talked about knowing the why so i think we got that right. one right beyond the okay you know your why like practically or pragmatically what are some of the like Hey, when they do this, this really helps them like make a big jump. Yeah, I um, I wrote an article for Christianity Today years ago, and um, I I started out with that working with my editor. I started out uh, I don't like this when I see this 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 and this, and he said kind of like you said, why don't we flip that and go positive and talk about I love when I see this, 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 and this. Yeah, yeah. The article that came out with Christianity Today was very positive of things that I applaud and look for. And so, uh, you know, things, you know, Pete, uh, Andy Stanley talks about defining a win. What does success look like? And so uh, I think right now, more than ever, and this has always been the case, but more than ever, eye contact is essential. Mm. And uh, you have to now wearing a mask, you have to smile with your eyes. Yeah, there are ways I, I see it when I go out to the bank or to pick up food from a restaurant to get takeout. I can see people smile with their eyes. You know it when it happens. 
you yeah. can smile with your eyes. And so eye contact is so important. It's it's one of the things that when I secret shop restaurants and retail and businesses and hotels that they ask me to look for, did they make eye contact? Did they smile at you? Did they notice you when you walked in and say, welcome, we're glad you're here? Did they acknowledge you when you walked out and say goodbye, have a great week? And so I see churches all over that are doing this great. It's called, a lot of people call it bookending where you greet them when they walk in and you say goodbye when they walk out. And so bookending is, is a positive practice that I see a lot of churches really doing well. Uh, yeah. Something else that I look for on every secret shopper, a lot of churches don't realize this, but I see it so often and I saw it recently and I love when I see a pastor do this. And that's the pastor making himself available after the service to greet people, to pray with people, to hug yeah. people, to shake hands. Now, I know now we can't be that close as in, in, in the olden days, but I've always looked for pastors that make themselves accessible and available and approachable so that people can come up and say, hey, Pastor Greg, I would love for you to pray about such and such. And just it, because it all comes down to relationships, ministry is people. And so I love when I see that pastor make himself available walking through the lobby or out in the foyer or outside in the courtyard, the pastor's walking around. Even if he has to have a security presence with him, I don't mind that. I just like to see the pastor walking around. Um, I like to see people that take initiative, that, um, that go above and beyond. You hear these stories, and they've happened all over the country, of the parking team that saw a flat tire in the parking lot. And when the person walked out of the service, the tire had been replaced. They had either pumped up the tire or changed the tire and put on a new tire that the team went out and bought and purchased for this single mom that had um, uh, a, a flat tire and couldn't afford to get it fixed. And so people that take initiative that go above and beyond, people that say, I will escort you there, not yeah. where, where's the kids ministry? Oh, it's, it's out that way. I'll take you there you know, when you go above and beyond. And that's why you want to have the buddy system when you're when you're uh, in the parking lot or at a door, you want to have more than one people so that when you leave your post, you're not leaving it all alone and there's nobody there to fill yeah. in. And so if, if a, uh, and I've served for a lot of times, I've served as a greeter just to put myself in those shoes. And so if somebody would come up and say, uh, where do I check my kid in? I would say, let me take you there, um, follow me. The yeah. secret opera that you run into when you're being the greeter, that's going to be a good day. Yeah. The secret shopper says about your church and you're on the. <laughs> the thing about the thing about secret shoppers and first impressions is the only thing I have going for me um, besides, you know, uh, the, the experience, the only the main thing I have going for me when I go into a church is new eyes. Um, that it looks brand new to me. And so I remember as a campus pastor, I hired a new children's minister and uh, he came to our campus and in um, one of our staff meetings, he said, hey, have you noticed that the, the side door that most people actually enter in is real, the paint is kind of chipping and it's fallen off and it's just a really bad look. It's a bad impression. And I thought, oh my gosh, I have lost my new eyes. I just got secret shop. Like I, I didn't <laughs> realize that the door at my own campus, 
the paint was falling off because right. I see it every week. I can go into your church and I can point out and say, this door needs to be painted. I've done that tons of times, but at my own campus, I had missed it because my eyes were used to it. And that's something that we all struggle with is keeping fresh eyes. Okay. Now, what I will say, this is important. Um, for those of you that have been off for a season due to COVID, maybe you haven't met since March and you're coming back. Yeah. You and your people are coming back with new eyes and new nose. I talk about the sense of smell in my book. Um, you're coming back with new eyes. So if your congregation and only 30% across the country has come back so far, according to Barna and Glue, but if your people are starting to trickle in and come back, for the first time since March. So it's been seven months. This yeah. is October. It's been seven months. Guess what? They have new eyes. Yeah. They're going to say, oh, I've never noticed that before. Oh, wow. I've never seen this before. Oh, wow. That's really strange looking because they have not been there in so long. Everything's going to seem new to them. So everybody's coming in with new eyes. So you got to up your game. Right. Yeah. Get, collect some feedback in the first couple of weeks just because it'll be fresh. Yeah. Um, what about let, let's jump into kind of church online. You talked about doing, uh, you know, secret shopping or just church online assessments and helping churches in that area. Like, how do you do first impressions in, in a in a great way online? Like most churches, I think, are struggling with doing church online. Like they, they've got everybody's gotten better. Everyone's improved and has gotten, you know, I, who knows? hundreds of times better from when they started. Um, but it's still a lot of work for most churches that just aren't, you know, geared this way. Um, what are some things that they can do well uh, or, or put into practice for doing church online? Uh, I like to be greeted by multiple people, a variety of, of hosts and people welcoming me, a lot of faces that you see on the camera. Uh, also, this is a time for creativity and innovation. Uh, I was watching Brian Tomes talk for this year's First Impressions Conference. He's the pastor at Crossroads Church in Cincinnati. And um, they did some very creative stuff where he was in different places as he was filming. You can do that on a typical weekend if your church is not meeting in person yet and you're meeting online. You don't have to just set up a camera in the back of the auditorium. You can edit and you can go on video shoots and you can appear in different places. And then last night, as we prepare and as we're getting everything ready for this conference, I was watching Phil Battles talk. Um, he's at West Ridge Church in the Atlanta area, and he talked about having a digital first impressions team. Right. This is where you say uh, to your greeters and ushers and parking team, hey, we may not be meeting in person right now, but you can help us out online. You can be a chat host. You can be a moderator. You can welcome people online through our chat, or you can be involved on camera, but he talked about, and he gives instructions on how to put together a digital first impressions team. But um, I like I like to see um, people besides the pastor welcome me. It could be the youth pastor, it could be your young adults pastor, it could be a campus pastor if you're multi-site, it could be an actual person who you have tapped on the shoulder and tasked to be a host. Right. Maybe there's a female that has a really good uh, stage presence and is really good on camera. And you say, would you do our welcome every week? Would you just welcome our guests and 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 ask them to, to tell us in the chat where they're logging in from around the world? 
yeah. where they're watching from. And so um, just just uh, acknowledging that people are logging in from maybe across the street, but maybe across the country and to just say, hey, if you're joining us today, uh, tell us where you're watching from. It could be Tucson, Arizona. It could be Charlotte where I am. It could be San Diego where you are, or yeah. it could be across the street and somebody you want to connect with in your own community. Yeah. How, how have you seen, this is maybe not really specific about first impressions, but creating great online engagement in the church online space. Like what have you seen churches doing that's working well with like engaging maybe just the church at large, not even just first time guests, but you know, doing church online. So, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm having a service, I'm doing it online, but I want to create some form of engagement. Um, I've got chat on Facebook or YouTube, um, but are there other things that you're seeing churches do really well um, in terms of engaging guests and, and just members. Yeah, there's a couple of things, uh, online connection cards, texting solutions, and um, a lot of churches are using something like the free church online platform that has chat built in uh, from Life Church, the open network. Uh, you can use the church online platform and it has chatting features where right. you can talk throughout the service and have chat hosts and moderators. Um, and then to be able to uh, tell people, hey, if you're new, we would love to connect with you. Text 55532, I'm new, you know, whatever it is. Right, uh, right. And, and I know you guys just came out with the messaging solution, but being able to take that conversation offline uh, to, to be able to connect with them throughout the week so that you can start a text chain or uh, uh, an email um, uh, list, or um, uh, you could send a letter if you were to collect their address, you yeah, could still yeah, send yeah. letters out, but to be able to connect offline uh, after the service would be, a, would be a great thing. Yeah, yeah, trying to engage in that way. Yeah, I think using the chat effectively and then trying to get people to engage in some kind of, you know, next step connect card or, or texting in something um, is huge. Uh, and all this stuff, man, it's just so new. I hear from churches like all the time trying to figure this stuff out. Uh, so it's cool to chat. Let's let's kind of wrap up with the conference. So tell us about the first impression. You've told us some. So, you know, tell us kind of what's going on this year. Who are some of the speakers? Uh, how can folks get registered? What are they going to learn? Um, just fill us in a little bit. Yeah, so we, we waited a while to uh, launch this year's conference. And we um, uh, were waiting to see what was going to happen in the church landscape with COVID and everything. And then once we realized um, back in, in, in March and April that things were not going to be the same, we started praying about a new theme. Mm -hmm. And um, we launched the conference, the, th the new theme in June. And so we've been doing registration since June. And uh, our, our, new, our theme for this year is navigating a new season. I don't think it's a new normal. I don't think it's going to be like this forever. But biblically, there are seasons. There are highs and lows, mountains and valleys. There are seasons in the Christian life. There are seasons in the church life. And so this is a season. This We, we may not always wear masks. There may be a great vaccine one day and there's no threat and people get back to shaking hands and touching and hugging and, and right. all, everything could be different one day. But right now, we have had churches that have gone from never streaming a service to everything online in a matter of a week or two 
Yeah. And so it's been a big season. So we're going to cover a lot of stuff from church online to communications um, to digital church, uh, digital response. We have a lot of communication, calm, digital people speaking this year, in addition to regular lead pastors and first impressions directors, guest services directors and practitioners. I mentioned earlier, we have uh, Rick Warren and Bob Goff, Nona Jones from Facebook, Mark Batterson, um, Carrie Newhoff, Tom Rayner just came out with a brand new book, The Post-Quarantine Church, um, <laughs> Carlos Whitaker. I mean, that's timely right there. To have that is very timely to get it already. I know as an author to get something out that quick, how rare that is. Yeah. Um, we have we have Brian Tome from Crossroads Church in Cincinnati. We have Bobby Grunewald from uh, Life Church, who created the YouVersion Bible app and knows all about digital ministry. Uh, we have Earl McClellan from Shoreline City in uh, Dallas. We have Tim Lucas at Liquid Church and Danielle Strickland and Dave Gibbons and Tim Stevens and Jeff Henderson and Ephraim Smith. Um, it just goes on and on and on. Will Mancini and Jenny Katrin and uh, just some great speakers. Dave Adamson from North Point, Tyler Smith from Texton Church, Katie Allred from the Church Con Group, Ryan Wakefield from Church Marketing University, Kenny Jane, Brandon Cox, Brady Share. It just goes on and on and on. So we have we have these speakers that are going to touch on uh, welcoming people in person and online. So we have people that specialize in in person guest services. These are guest services directors at large churches like Eastside and Saddleback and Life Church. They're going to talk about welcoming people when we start meeting back again. And then there's some digital experts like Steve Fogg from the Church Online Summit that are going to talk about online church and welcoming people online and Jeremy Poland with photography and Dave Adamson with YouTube. There's going to be people that are specialists that talk about all these certain um, um, angles to first impressions. And so we're excited. Uh, Frank, it's the largest lineup we've ever had. And to show you how, how, how different it is, every conference we've had so far in 2018 and 2019 had 40 speakers. This year we have 120. We well, have we have, this we, have while tripled, you're we have tripled the conference lineup um, because we wanted to get in as many speakers as possible. And so um, uh, Tom Kane, Michael Lukowitzki from Church Fuel. It just keeps uh, going. I have to scroll for like There's Jeff Reed from the Church Digital who knows all about church online and meeting uh, uh, via via video. But um, prices start at 99 and go up from there. And then we're so proud to part partner with Tively, and you guys are making it all happen. But you can go to firstimpressionsconference.com. You can sign up and. Um, we what we wanted to do is two things. One, we realized that a lot of people aren't aren't meeting in person right now and, and may have more time to watch some online conferences. A lot of I've been speaking at so many online conferences and online summits. They've just been springing out of everywhere. And so a lot of people have more time. Yeah. To, to watch online. But um, we tripled the amount of speakers. We went from 40 speakers to 120. But we took our regular ticket price from last year, and it's less this year. We wanted to help churches financially because we know that um, things are tighter this year and budget is tighter. Mm -hmm. So it costs less this year 
for three times the amount of speakers. So we're trying everything we can to bless churches. Yeah. Amen. So firstimpressionsconference.com. Yep. Uh, we'll make sure uh, Jesse or someone from the Tithe team is in the comments. So we'll post the link in the comments uh, and in the show notes and all that kind of stuff. But Greg, man, it's been great to have you this morning. Yeah, thank you. And, you know, I started it because first impressions matter. You yeah. know, people make up their mind in the first 10 minutes whether or not they're going to return long before the sermon. And so we care about getting people to come back and become second time guests and third time guests and fourth time guests and get plugged into the life of the church. Not, not guests anymore. Just Right. So that they can, they can be a part of the body and they can yeah. mature in their faith and grow in their spiritual journey. We care about people getting plugged in and taking, like you talk about, taking their next step. And so uh, that's our heart. So thank yeah. you for having me. Yeah. Amen, man. Appreciate it. Guys, thanks for joining us today. Uh, make sure to show Greg some love in the comments. Uh, we'll post a link to the conference in the comments as well. And uh, you'll hear more from us as well about it over the coming weeks. And uh, it looks like it's 21 days away. So yeah. make sure you register and uh, appreciate you guys. Greg, thanks again for today. And yeah. uh, we will catch everybody next week on another episode of Modern Church Leader. Thank you for having me.